the Transformational Podcast, the podcast helping maintenance tradies to learn today and earn tomorrow. Today, I'll bring you part two of my conversation with the brilliant Dan Kerr from service.com.au. In this episode, we talk about lead grading and how you can identify A, B, C, and D grades. Enjoy and make sure you start using some of this stuff right away. Dan, welcome back to part two of our uh, podcast, mate. Great to have you back on the call. How are you, mate? Really well, mate, and thanks for having me back. My pleasure, bud. So we've talked all about your journey and where you got today. We talked a lot about the actual um, global shift happening about digital revolution and really got a a turbo boost with Corona. And um, we talked about buyer behavior, which I absolutely get so excited by. So the, the listeners, if you didn't hear the last episode, definitely go back and listen to it. It's an absolute cracker. Now today, let's talk about um, more about sales and grading leads, something that I think people don't quite understand. When you buy a thing, you usually get what you pay for in a sense. And I don't know if that's a good phrase to use, but me and you have talked about this at, at, at a huge amount of, of length. Tell me... Uh, about grading leads and how you view different leads? Yeah, I think it's something that we, um, we're fortunate to, to speak to many tradies. Um, we speak to anywhere up to 2,000 different businesses um, in a weekly period. So um, one thing we, we get a lot, and particularly with our, our product, is that our product is going to be this sort of silver bullet, this shining knight that's going to ride in and going to solve all of a business's problems. Um, and when I look at the marketing or digital marketing as a whole, I think it's about what are the different channels that you can use within a business to bring inquiries in and to, to generate leads and then to convert them into sales. And then really being diligent and, um, and having a process in which you can have a look at the metrics of those individual channels and be able to work out, firstly, that they're uh, positively geared and are pro- providing a return on the investment that's putting in, but also which ones within that, those channels are performing at the best rate and then being able to go, hey, let's double down on that channel. Um, I think we, when we spoke in the last episode about how marketing and how um, inquiry generation has changed over time. Um, now, some of those methods are still going to hold true today. I think uh, one of the conversations we have on a daily basis with, with our trades is word of mouth and, uh, and that referral-based business is not going to go anywhere. And it's important. It's, it's fundamental to any good business. Um, but particularly if you're in a business and you're looking to grow and you're looking to expand or you're looking to increase your, your, your output, it's about how do I look at that channel? How do I optimize it? How do I put a process in place so that I can get the most out of that channel? Um, and then once I get to a point where I go, I can't invest another dollar into that channel, or I can't squeeze any more juice out of the lemon for want of a better phrase, 
then let's go and look at some other opportunities. Um, and so... I just want to clear up one little thing because I know sometimes people might be right at the beginning of their business career and might not understand what you mean by a channel. Uh, I know we might take it for granted. Can you explain what you mean by a channel, mate? So uh, in any business, um, when you're looking to generate, business, uh, to generate leads or inquiries or, or generate that, you can do that in a number of different ways. So nowadays, if you look at a business, you might get some referrals, some word of mouth. You may have your own website um, that generates inquiries and leads. Um, you may uh, do a flyer drop. You may put your ad in a newspaper. You may, may put your ad in a, in a print directory. Um, you may list your business on various um, lead generation um, websites, um, various different marketplaces. There's a, there's a number of different ways in which you can generate business and I would look at those as a different channel. You've got social media. So you can almost categorize each of those into a channel and say, all right, yeah. so I've got my word of mouth referral um, inquiries. I've got my website inquiries. I've got my social media inquiries. I've got my Google search inquiries. Um, I've got my um, in lead generation inquiries. And I would describe those individually as different channels. Love and to, to go back to your first point about how do you grade those, I think it is about, well, first of all, you've got to understand what's going on in each of those different channels. Um, so looking at some, some metrics along the lines of how many inquiries do I generate? How much does it cost me to generate those inquiries? In that channel, what's my conversion rate? So how many inquiries do I generate from the channel versus how many actually convert into work? Because if we're doing that metric based on every single channel, it doesn't give a really clear indication on which one is performing it. You might have one that you get um, five inquiries and you close five sales in that channel. So if you don't do it on an individual channel, that's going to skew the, the metric for all of them. So to, to go back to word of mouth referral based, and, and I believe that's a channel and it's a channel that you can invest in and that you can, um, that you can optimize. That's to have a, a, by far a better conversion rate than someone that's coming to your business cold without being referred, without an idea of who you are and what you do um, and your track record. Um, yeah. Yeah, sorry, mate. Go for it. Yeah, so and when I look at those channels, it's not only about identifying the channels and what comes through each channel, but also identifying the performance on each of those channels. I couldn't, I love what you're saying, mate, because we totally agree. Also, too, one other metric I would have when you're rating those channels is the average ticket sale size. Yeah. Uh, you might have a high conversion, but yet they're all very small uh, dollar values. And potentially, even as you get further into the maturity of your business and you can work out the profitability of that type of job as well. So they, they might be high in turnover, high in conversion, but really low in profitability. So then you might want to start to weed out those types of jobs or that channel in, 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 in entirety. Um, mate, that, that is fantastic. So, so we're talking about um, not all leads are leads. Um, saying that it's kind of a... I don't know if I'm using the right word dichotomy because I think there's something that we've also talked about that sometimes a lead is a lead, but yet a lead is not a lead. And what I mean by that is if you stick to a bona fide sales process, you have got a much higher probability of actually closing a sale on a crappy lead, or well, I wouldn't say a crappy lead, a, D, a D grade lead, as opposed to what we would eventually call something like a word of mouth, it's an A grade lead. How, how would you talk to that point? Because we're kind of, we're saying two things and I'm trying to work yeah. out 
where the distinctions lie? So I think the, there's a couple of things that are important there. It's about having a, a really sound process that you can optimize as you go, no matter what the, the grade of the lead is, to use that, that terminology. Um, that's going to save you time. It's going to um, save you energy. So no matter where that is. But I think it, primarily it comes down to where you're at in the, biz, in the business, um, and that can be short-term or long-term based on um, what's your current capacity at and what's your goals and aspirations for the business in the long term. Now, what I mean is that if, if you've got three channels that say um, and you've got the A-grade channel is your referral-based business and you're generating 100 inquiries a month through referral, you've got your website that's generating 50 uh, inquiries and, and for that period, you're at capacity. You've got no desire to increase, to, to bring on more guys, to, to increase the size of the fleet, to grow the business. Then every single tradesman is flat out, hammer, hammer and tong, can't fit another job in. Absolutely. Then the C-grade channel, like you might just ignore those inquiries or turn that channel off. Yeah. Um, but if you're in the situation where, hey, I want to grow, I want to build, I want, and you've gone, right, my A-channel, my word-of-mouth referral channel, I've invested heavily in it, I've got a great referral program, um, I've got the process of dealing with that inquiry down pat, it's an efficient machine. I know what it spits out on a, on a monthly basis. I've then got B channel, which is my website that um, has same process. I know predictively how many it's going to generate versus what the conversion, the profitability and so on and so forth. And I've still got extra guys or I want to grow and I want to um, build this business. Then now let's look at channel C. Um, and when we're dealing with those individual channels, it's about understanding what the um, characteristics of that inquiry is. Because if we're going to treat the same um, inquiry or the process is going to stay the same from channel A to channel C, well, then we're kidding ourselves a little bit because yeah. in our word of mouth referral channel, the inquiry is coming in uh, based on a referral. So the trust is super high. Um, Easy, less resistance to selling, uh, to buying, I should say. Much easier. The transfer of trust is through the roof. Yeah, please keep going. That's great. Absolutely. So, I mean, the chances are there's probably going to be little price resistance. You probably don't even need to go into too much about why someone should use you over somebody else and build that, um, that credibility, that trust in that channel. And so... Um, to go back to your point is that it's really important to understand what's the characteristics, what's the type of person that's coming through that channel and how do I adjust the process accordingly? Um, and yes, the more you go down that chain um, and to, to use your, your phrase of grading the, the lead, we've got to respect that you're going to have to do a bit more um, the further away from the word of mouth um, channel you're getting. So that's not to say that when you get to your sort of C or D channel that those are, are no longer opportunities. Cause to your point, um, they, they any inquiry into your business. And, and we spoke about this at length is, is an opportunity. It's an opportunity. It may not be an opportunity now. It may not be a lead that converts right now, but it is an opportunity to have a potential customer down the track. So that's when you then look at those um, channels and go, I also need a process. I need something that if it's not today, then there's some information or there's some follow-up that goes when this person is ready or when there's another opportunity that my business is going to be front of mind. So it's also about, hey, um, and we get it a lot of the time here. And, um, uh, and one of the things that um, 
we use massively in the office is some of the stuff we've talked about where as a plumber, you get called out to change a tap washer. And I know I'll never forget this because it's one of the first things you spoke to us about was about that tap washer job. It's about how do you create that into changing every tap in the house or, or not every tap in the house, but being able to create a, um, a bigger job out of that one inquiry and having a process and a system in place to, to really uh, refine that and to be able to create opportunity out of what we perceive on the front end is a crappy lead or just it's not a big job, so I'm going to ignore it. I'm sure we've even done a video on that, mate. We might have to bring it out the same time this goes to air. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, it goes without saying, but it must also be a ethical, honest and moral way of turning it into a bigger job. It's not, it's not, it's, it's been a lot of um, TV drama of, of late down in, in Sydney. I'm not sure if it's been up in Brisbane, but everything has to be with a sustainability mindset of doing it. it kind of makes sense. If the tap downstairs is leaking, the house is the same, all the taps in the house are the same age. Why would you only change one when it costs more to get a plumber back and then you can do them all in one go? And obviously, like any economic decision, the more you do, the cheaper the job gets. So you get a, you get a sliding scale because you're doing three sets of taps instead of one. So, uh, mate, that, that is really great. Another point I wanted to add to um, the grading and also to the maturity of the business, um, when you start out, you don't have a great deal of cash. And you might have to go for some of what people might call the C or D grade leads, but they're going to cost you a hell of a lot less than say something like a Google AdWords or even SEO because you've got to build a website and you're going to have your monthly retainer. So again, it could be, you could pick and choose when you use the different types of leads. It could be right at the beginning when you don't have a hoover cash, you might get established and grow and there's the capacity cut model when you've, you're really busy, you're growing, you've got cash in the bank and then you need to go and invest in a new truck and a new this and a new that, cash might drop again and you might top back up with those C and D grade leads, know that you have to work a bit harder. So it kind of becomes like levers you pull in your marketing um, plan and your marketing system. So I, I think it's really important to just be conscious that if you're in a mature business, you might still want to use D C and D uh, lead cleads for a specific outcome of growth or, or something along those lines. I know um, one of our clients down in the Sutherland Shire, David Frith, has recently come on board with you and he's having some really great success and really was shocked. He goes, oh, wow, we follow the process and it works. So, Yeah, I think that's one thing I'd like to add around the lead grading. I think um, one thing I'd really like to get out of it, it doesn't mean that the clients are potentially... Uh, worse clients like, um, w when we say that I think it's a, I think it's more a representation of the process like a referral process is potentially more time efficient and easier to get a sale out of and to have a higher conversion rate but equally um, in uh, some of the other channels there's just as um, good clients I mean I, I think about in terms of how we look for services these days like someone we, we, we're very transient as a society so just because someone doesn't know someone locally to refer someone naturally the first place they're gonna gonna go these days is online in some digital format so they may be a really good client and they may be a really good long-term client it's just maybe the first time they've needed to hire someone in that area and that's just the place that they've found um, a service to, to look for Absolutely. someone and 
and I think it's about the process. Now, the reality is you might have to have a, a, a better system and the way you approach those leads may um, take a bit more time and a bit more diligence. But uh, I'd hate for people to take away from this and say, oh, the actual the grade of the client. I think it's just in looking at the process, how easy it is to set up and how much depth you have to go into. Such, such a good point, mate. It's, um, yeah, definitely not the individual. It's more like you say, and, and I've actually experienced that people that um, immigrated from um, your your uh, homeland back in the your UK to Australia, when they first arrive, they've got no clue of who's a good provider. And the first thing you do, even if you're in a new town of Australia, you go straight to the internet. That's what you do. Mate, I think we're getting pretty close to wrapping up part two. Anything else you'd like to say about sales or grading leads uh, at all? No, I think it's it's really just important to understand um, the different channels, understand the different behaviours of the people coming into those channels. Um, we, we sort of alluded to it before, but it's um, one of the other things we hear a lot with platforms um, such as ours is that all of the um, all of the inquiries or all of the consumers are all price-driven. Um, and... As I said, we deal with a lot of traders, and I'll go back and I'll look at. We have the the vantage of being able to look at both sides of the of the conversation, and you would uh, you wouldn't be surprised. But the amount of times I'll see an interaction where a client that the business doesn't know who they are from a bar of soap has come on, they're putting inquiry on. Hey, I need to get somebody out to do job X Y Z, and the trader just comes back, and um, sometimes some very average um, uh, English um, says it'll be $100 an hour. And that's, that's the only information there. And then, so my question to those businesses is like, you are concerned or you're worried or you don't like the fact that these environments become highly price driven. What information are you giving to the prospect or the consumer to make a decision on other than price? If you take it to price, then you've the one, you're the one that took it to price straight away. Correct. It's I, absolutely, yeah. I always talk about um, when uh, when you're going to uh, fly anywhere. I'm from the UK. So every time I'm going to fly back to the UK, the first thing I'm thinking about, I'll go to the internet and go, how much is a flight going to cost me at Christmas time? That's my first thought. Always. It is. And, and nine times out of ten, there is whatever the purchase is, it's about what ballpark am I in? What's that going to cost me? But I'm telling you now, if the cheapest flight from here to the UK stops seven times and flies around the world three times... I'm not going to take it. If it costs me more to have one stop with a one-hour stopover and potentially um, there's a little foot massage on the, uh, on the stopover and, and it's a little bit extra and the carrier is really reputable, you know, they've got a good brand, they've got good customer service and, uh, and if I have any problems, I can move the ticket. I'm going to go with them 100% of the time but if I don't know those, those are the services that they offer, all I'm going for every single time is the cheapest ticket. Absolutely. It's, yeah, such a good point. Our job's always to bring it back to service quality. Funny thing is people still don't realise this. Uh, prices are usually about the fourth to the sixth con concession people take on board. It's always going to be, does it fit my needs? Has it got a warranty? When it, how efficient is it? How, how easy is that ease of service of interacting with this person? What kind of warranty do they provide there's so many other factors just one more thing on that and um this is something that i can't remember who introduced it to me none of my ideas are unique so somebody's uh 
Somebody, it's probably you actually. I'll, I'll credit this to you. <laughs> I, always, I always think about when your mother, daughter, auntie, grandma, um, I, I use a female just because I think that's a, a well generally held um, concept of if they were to hire a tradesperson, what are some of the things that they would be concerned about, cautious about, worried about in that process? Um, and I think it probably goes without saying that there's, are they going to turn up on time? Are they going to do what they say they're going to do? Um, if there's a problem, are they going to um, come back and fix it? Um, and do, are they reputable? Are they someone that um, has been recommended in that area? And I think the, the key fundamentals in that is like, before you even talk about anything to do with price and you're introducing who you are and what you do, can you tick off all of those things in the consumer, in the buyer's head before you even talk about how you're going to solve the problem and what the price of that is? Because yeah. if they've got that, um, that feeling or that thought in their head and you're not dealing with that, like A, that's going to separate you from 90% of the other people out there, but B, that's going to completely eliminate anything to do, well, not anything to do with it, but it's going to, it's going to heavily suppress what the actual cost of that job is going to be. It's so true. And if you don't address those concerns, you are too expensive. That's the, that's the irony of the whole situation. People go, well, you didn't address my concerns, so now price is the issue. When it really isn't, it's just that you didn't address those underlying um, concerns they had there. Mate, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's great to, to talk to you again on here on part two. Um, looking forward to part three. We've got a special offer in part three as well. Um, we're going to be talking uh, about a, a little deal that we're running um, with uh, service.com.au. So make sure you come and join us on part three. And also, too, if you haven't, get back to part one and have a listen to what we talked about, about the world, the digital impact of buyer behavior and how it's changing the world. Dan, thanks so much for your time. Thanks again. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Transformational. I hope you enjoyed part two of my chat with Dan. You can tune in for next time for the final installment of this episode. And in the meantime, to start connecting your business with thousands of potential new leads, head to service.com forward slash new business forward slash join. You can also follow service.com.au on most social media platforms at service.com.au.